yeah. I love my HBCU. And boy, I love it, love it. I love it, love it. I love my HBCU. And man, I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. Man. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I hope my team they won one. Yeah. I tune into the HBCU Sports Lab to see if my team won a loss. If they lost, I'm quiet as a mouse. But if they won, keep tab. Uh, I'ma do the dab, yeah. Dr. Cavill, yeah. he know what he be talking about. Talkin Mike about. and Charles, Talkin they know what they be talking about. Talkin they about. compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna lose, yeah. and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor, yes sir, yes sir, and pay attention, Boy. cause he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Cavill's Inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington and Charles Fish. Welcome to episode 427. Inside the HBC Sports Lab radio show and podcast. The show that's covering the sporting HBCU dash for all things HBCU sports, from institutions large and small from the NEIA to the NCAA. And we share insights and information on HBCU sports culture in the business of HBCU sports. We just call it HBCU sports pedagogy. I'm your host, Dr. Kenyakovell, along with my co-host, Mike Washington, Charles Bishop, coming from our home studios and sending a signal live. Case Ways 1230 AM Studios with the Texas Radio Hall of Famer, multi-Hall of Famer Ralph Cooper in the beautiful home of Texas Southern University. Mike, how you doing today? Oh man, just great. Had a great weekend of football, some dramatic finishes, dramatic plays, dramatic games. Uh nice relaxing weekend by the poolside with lots of beverages that we partook. <laughs> so I'll leave it, I'll leave it at that. But uh, other than that, ready to go go to go into week two and talk about, well, at least cuss and discuss uh, what happened in week one. <laughs> hey, don't put all the sundry on me. All I had was the fruit. Fruit yeah. What, what do I, I don't know. What that say? Yeah, you, you look like you got a nice little suntan. I see you, Charles. How you doing? And I'm doing well. I'm calling your first game, big time. Lay me that classic, boy. You got your money's worth on that. I, 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 I got my money's worth and then some. I mean, 37 34 overtime win. Uh, it was a tremendous to be on the call with Charles Porter and enjoyed every minute of it. Looking forward to the upcoming season, uh, calling Purview AM football. I don't know what to be nervous that the game was that close or be excited for you in the fact that it's your call to help us pull it off. So I, I, I like to think I got a little something with that. Um, you know, maybe I'm bringing a little good luck. You know, maybe, maybe it might be. CB wearing his inner lep, inner leprechaun. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sure did go well for those TV Panthers out there. Other side for Texas Southern, now it's nine, boy. I know they just like, man, we can't get right. With that being said, we do have some summer notes. Uh, those that are following SWAC baseball remember the years of Doug Shanks, from former Mississippi Valley State baseball coach, has died. Uh, former Mississippi Valley baseball coach, um, the school announced that he had passed. Quote, sadly, the family of uh, MVSU grieves the loss of former longtime head baseball coach and Hall of Fame inductee Doug Shanks. Uh, Mississippi Valley State said in a post Twitter, known, formerly known now as X, Coach Shanks coached from 2000 to 2014, won more than 250 games, produced professional athletes, and had multiple winning seasons. Condolences to the Shanks family, end quote. I had forgot that he had coached that long. I certainly remember his years where he really got it done during the regular season, and a lot of it rebuilt the Valley baseball program in regards to having some meaningful uh, chances, particularly during the year and in some postseason <laughs> Uh, play 2014. Uh, Charles, what are your thoughts on this in terms of your connections in Jackson, Mississippi? Yeah, I mean, uh, Coach Shanks was uh, very well known, especially around uh, the Jackson area with regards to uh, baseball, uh, some phenomenal summer league teams. A lot of everybody wanted to play for for his summer league team. Uh, but I mean, uh, uh, growing up, I mean, I was a baseball player there at Jackson. And they were coaches that you want to play for. You know, Doug Shanks was one of them. Uh, D.M. Howie, another uh, Mississippi uh, Hall of Famer, uh, was another uh, individual uh, who was a baseball coach at uh, 
uh, high school Northwest ranking. But uh, uh, these guys had a tremendous impact on the Jackson baseball community. Uh, so definitely want to uh, pass along condolences uh, to the uh, Doug Shanks family. Yep, he led Mississippi Valley to a program record 35 wins in 2004. And the Delta Devils won at least 20 games in five seasons uh, during Shanks' town. Um, he retired in 2014, quote, coming from him uh, before he passed uh, during his time at Valley at the end of that tenure. He was quoted saying, that's what I'm most proud of, end quote, says Shanks at the time. Quote, I got a chance to see these kids get their degrees and become not only good athletes, but good people, end quote. So let's take a moment of silence uh, for Coach Shanks. Mike, let me come back to you uh, and get you know, some hot news takes that you want to share out there with everybody. Ah, see what's hot on the what's hot on the grill today. Uh, besides the meat we <laughs> ate this weekend, uh, so a lot of you have seen on uh, uh, social media or other places where uh, Mississippi Valley is kind of going in on the Chicago football games as a worst experience. I think uh, either HBCU Sports or Game Day has it. I saw it across in a couple of Twitter as well. So they left the uh, Mississippi Valley, that is Mississippi Valley State, left the, the classic kind of with kind of a sour uh, a taste in their mouth, according to Coach uh, Dave, uh, Coach Kendrick uh, Wade. So uh, during the conferences and some of the issues that he cited was the logistical issues, lodging, communication issues that really didn't go, uh, play very well. So um, and it even seemed to get a little personal and he's been, you know, I think he said he's been coaching 13 or 14 years and it was probably the worst experience of his life. You know, that's serious when you say that. So, uh, needless to say, so, you know, the classic, uh, you know, a not-for-profit organization, of course, you know, it provides support for programs and initiatives uh, and, and you hate to see that, but, uh, that's kind of news of the day. I'm sure there's many sides to this. You know, that you could say, you know, it returned what since either 2018 or 2019 um, as Central State defeated Mississippi Valley 24-21 on sound this past Saturday uh, in uh, Chicago, home of the Bears, Soldier Field. So uh, a lot of blame going around, a lot of, you know, you know, this wasn't right, this wasn't right. It's just an unfortunate experience. Yeah, that's for sure. I was on the call this morning and I – had heard some whispers previously and to this case. So I just asked them his thoughts on the classic. And when I got finished with that, I was like, mm, got, got a good sound bite on that one. <laughs> and I had to thank him for being so candid. And I followed him up with another matchup in terms of D2 going to uh, FC, I mean, FCS going to D2. And he really gave some good thoughts on that. Well, so, uh, Coach Wade is going to be one to watch uh, as he builds that program and certainly provide his thoughts on what took place. And he didn't back off. He said, you know, this is not an excuse on the loss. No. It was on us. He kept going. Charles, what news you want to share? Well, I, it's just some some thoughts on the weekend. I mean, you take a look at uh, we had some phenomenal matchups. I mean, you know, I, I kind of took a breath today and just kind of like, whew, okay, we won, you know. And you just think about uh, family dominating Jackson State in the uh, Orange Blossom Classic. You got what uh, upsets with Virginia State over Norfolk. Uh, you had Morgan State. I, not A lot of people weren't talking about the Morgan State game, but Morgan State over Richmond, I think that was a big one. Uh, of course, Prairie View, they won nine in a row. So, you know, just kind of took a step back today and just kind of breathed in all that happened this past week. And it's like we're right back into week two already. That's yeah. going to be perfect because next up is our mid-major poll rankings. But before we go to that, I did want to share Wells Fargo expands HBC outreach by sponsoring football classes. This comes courtesy of HBCU Game Day. Wells Fargo will serve as an official banking sponsor for the follow games. following games, Brick City HBCU kickoff class. Remember that? This past weekend featured Hampton and Gramlin, Orange Blossom Classic, Jackson State and FAMU. That was this past Sunday. HBCU New York Classic, which is Morehouse College in Albany State. Uh, Florida A&M Homecoming, Family and Prairie View. So hope we get to check out that. Florida Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Florida Classic, Family and Bethune-Cookman. 
Bayou Classic, Southern University and in college, as you know, and Grambling State. Looks like um, the promoters uh, might need to reach out to Wells Fargo and see if they can get a little extra funds to help them in regards to some of the things. Or maybe it's not a funny thing. Maybe it's more logistics and they can uh, look at some consultants to help them on that side of it. But thought it was fascinating where Fargo continues to do their work. With that said, let's get in our first break. We'll come back on the other side and we'll give you the mid major rankings new version we're going with just the top seven uh as we continue to break it down as we did uh preseason we did all 21 uh but we did seven at a time so the top seven we're going to continue with that format give you the top seven mid-major programs in week number one stick with us after this first break another day is here and you're ready for it what to wear check breakfast lunch and dinner check planning for what's next and how to save for it that's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. It's never too early to plant the seed, to share the tradition, and instill a sense of pride in your HBCU with your little ones. HBCU Pride and Joy Children's Boutique helps you share your school spirit with a wide selection of adorable kids' apparel and accessories officially licensed from your favorite HBCU. Visit HBCUPrideJoy.com and follow us on all social media at HBCUPrideJoy on Facebook and Twitter. You see, Head & Shoulders has scalp shield technology, protects against flakes even between washes. It's never not working. Kind of like us. We're never not working. Number 15? That's my rub. Ooh, nice. Never not working. Never, ever, never, ever not working. Welcome, everybody, to Juneau, Alaska. I don't like this one. Me neither. Let's get out of here. Dandruff protection that's never not working. Head & Shoulders scalp shield technology. When you're looking for the latest information on Southern University Sports, the Southwestern Athletic Conference, and HBCU Athletics, there's only one place to go. Tune in to the Carlos Brown Show, exclusively on the Black College Sports Network. Impress the analytic data with your hip-hop. If you know them like I know them, they're going to tell you if your team, if they want a lot left. And who the ball, so listen to Professor Yes Sir, yes, sir. Yes, sir. and pay attention because he's going to teach a lesson. Yes. This is Dr. Ville's Inside HBC Sports Lab with Mike and Charles. Charles, you alluded to all the ball games. What you mean? It's time for the rankings. Mm. Number one, it's time for the rankings. <laughs> We're going to be top seven. Let me tell you this first. There were some teams that dropped out. Dropped out into these polls as we start to give it to you uh, in terms of these uh, top seven. We're going to look at uh, Fayetteville State Broncos on one. They dropped out of poll this week. On the Black College Sports. Fort Valley State Wildcats also on one. They dropped out of the top seven in week number one. And Langston Lions, as they open in week zero, they dropped out as well in terms of being on one. Uh, receiving votes before we get in their top seven are Kentucky State Thoroughbreds, one and oh. 120 points on the outside looking in, along with them, are Miles Golden Bears. Oh, they, although they're 1-0, they 109 mm. points, couldn't crank the top seven. Mm. Bluefield State Big Blue, 1-0, 108 points, are not in the top seven. Florida Memorial Lions, 1-1, one one, but not in the top seven. That lets you know how tough it is to get in the top seven in the mid-majors. You have teams. They jumped out of there and have won a game, but they're not in the top seven. So let's give it to you. At number seven, we have number uh, we have Central State Matadors. They're one and zero, 125 points as they are in number seven. They were not ranked in week preseason, but in week number one, they're in there. When you look at number seven, the Kentucky State uh, uh, Thoroughbreds. At number six, you have Central State uh, Matadors uh, continue to win and get it done. They were also not ranked as they continue to have a big weekend, 141 points. Let's get in number 
five as the Matadors continue to run. Tuskegee Golden Tigers. They held mm. on. Well, they held on. In the mix. Uh, they do climb the pole one <laughs> ranking as they came in preseason number six and got it done one and oh. That was not a conference game. So uh, as a non-conference game, they are one oh on the season. Bringing us to number four. Number four is none other than the Virginia State Trojans with the big FCS win. Uh, CIAA over the MEAC. Got it done in fashion. Looked a little scary at the end. Thought they had won it. Played around. But find a way to get it done is they beat Norfolk State. 139 points. They were ranked, not ranked, but now they're in the top five. Let's get into number three. Bowie State Bulldogs. Bulldogs returned in form fashion. They also wanted a piece of the MEAC, so they <laughs> defeated Delaware State as they won it all, 163 points. Uh, they jumped in the poll rankings this week, previous number seven, so they climbed four spots uh, as they push in the top level here. Bring us to number two. This should not be a surprise to anyone in terms of this season. Some people may get an argument, though. Uh, they are number two, the Virginia Union Panthers, one and all in the season. Uh, big win over the SIEC as they trounced that at, with three first place votes, 103 points. They are ranked at number two. Preseason number two, they stay there. At number one, Benedict Tigers, 1 0. Oh. Uh, they also had a matchup in terms of a sister conference, CIAA, but they reversed the trends that Virginia Union was able to do in terms of they got a win for the SIEC. 1-0 in terms of what takes place there. Six place for place votes, 186 total points. Remain at number one. I do want to give a shout out to number seven, uh, number six, Central State, as they also got into some of that FCS as they got a win over SWAC at Mississippi Valley State in that classic that we talked about earlier. So that was your top seven. Uh, let me go to you, Charles. What are your thoughts in terms of the top seven programs this week and week number one? Very impressive. Central State jumping in, get the big win over Mr. Valley uh, to get the uh, SIAC victory over the SWAC. Uh, but I'm already taking a look at this uh, Virginia State, Virginia Union. Uh, when this matchup <laughs> happens, <laughs> I'm already sitting back like, oh, boy, boy, this is going to be a ground chuck game. I mean, week one, Jada Byers goes for 25 carries, 149 yards, three touchdowns. But Upton Bailey for Virginia State. 18 carries, 184 yards against Norfolk State. That was impressive. So I'm already kind of salivating for this Virginia State-Virginia Union matchup whenever it happens because you're probably going to get two of the best backs uh, in the CIAA in that one. Man, I think he averaged over 10 yards a carry in that matchup. Yeah, yeah. It's like, how do you average a first down on each of your carries? That's, <laughs> they that's done. They couldn't stop him. <laughs> Mike? Uh, since Charles rolls up the flag first week in mid-major, he says, I'm doing well. What are your thoughts? Nah. Are you in, any problems this week? No, nah, you ain't doing well. Um, <laughs> uh, Central State, I, I will say, is very impressive. But that Virginia, I mean, if you look at impressive win, Benedict, yes, they won. They had the most points. They played Shaw. Me, you, my grandmother – and a couple of cousins could probably line up and play well against Shaw. They beat them 52 to uh-uh. So, yeah, you could say Benedict's number one. But I rank the Bowie State, Virginia State, and arguably maybe Virginia Union a little bit higher than than than, than the Benedict. I would also say Tuskegee should be up in that top four with the way, because I surely expected Fort Valley to win. Tuskegee held on and showed – me and the rest of the world something. So I rearranged that order a little bit because I don't know if you were looking at strength of, you know, head-to-head, strength of schedule, how they did last year. But if you're looking at impressive win, that Virginia State, that Bowie State, those wins were impressive. Well, the Golden Tigers got over in this one. They got yes, over. Yes, they did. I don't know how you plan to prevent and a receiver gets behind the safety. I, I can never – Ever I don't even. Oh, but hey, they did man. six goal line stops. They got a hey, you know what? I, I, two extra- they did. Give it to them. Their defense did buckle, but they yeah. didn't break. They didn't break. Good job. They didn't break. Perfect exactly. time, too. But, Mike, why are you starting up already? Week number because one. I'm, because I'm Big Mike, and I just like to do that. 
Charles, you see this? You see this? See what I have? Uh, yeah. We don't do this yeah. whole, whole, all, all season. All season. <laughs> That's all right. We, we In the second half of the show, we're going to do the major division. Maybe I get a little more love there. With that being said, let's go to our second break. We'll come back on the other side, and we'll give you some of those key mid-major matchups of the week to keep on your mind. Stick with me right back after this second break. T. Madden & Associates is a sophisticated and experienced law firm located in your neighborhood. We're turning injury to cash. T. Madden & Associates obtained almost $2 million for my injury. They turn my injury to cash. Now, we can't guarantee how much your injury is worth, but we've recovered millions for our clients. Call T. Madden & Associates at 833-PAID-123. That's 833-PAID-123. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When it comes to professional learning, teachers deserve better. From the leader in online learning, Stride brings you the Stride Professional Development Center, an on-demand library of mobile-friendly courses that gives teachers choice and flexibility, allowing them to learn anytime and anywhere. Our dynamic courses provide bite-sized learning and help educators advance their knowledge while also gaining professional development hours. It's time you take charge of your learning. Visit us today to get started. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. and root about, So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Mills inside the HBC Sports Lab with Mike Washington Charles. This your Mike still think is Labor Day weekend. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, with that being said. Let's get into these HBCU major, mid-major classic games of the week. We're going to start out with our classic as we do on Tuesdays. What is the HBCU mid-major classic game of the week? In this case, it's actually a contrast matchup. Now, these teams have not been doing very well uh, over this start of the season, but some of it is just because of matchups, and we'll see what that looks like in terms as we go forward. We have none other than Rocky Mount, North Carolina, Rocky Mount Sports Complex. Down East Viking Football Classic, CIAA matchup Saturday, September 9th. High noon is the place to be. Uh, number 28, if you look at the total rankings of the strength of schedules, how I have them in my ranking is Elizabeth City State Vikings. Own one to start the season, but somebody's going to get a win here because they face off number 25, St. Augustine Falcons on one. So these two ranks teams are unranked in terms of the top seven. Uh, but it's fascinating to see what's going on in terms of this matchup. Let me go to you, Mike. What are your thoughts in terms of the Down East Viking football classic out of the CIAA? No, I, I think it's easier, but I think you have two two teams that have, been, you know, last couple of years have been battling from the bottom. You know, if I had to give, you know, one the edge, I think you have a almost an evenly matched game, but I would have to give the edge to maybe Elizabeth City. Um, uh, if you look at how they started, came out of the block, uh, came out of the blocks. Um, uh, but I think you have an evenly matched team looking how many yards they, you know, how many yards each team was able to put up. They both had losses, um, evenly matched should be a good game, but I have to give the edge to Elizabeth city. You're going with the Vikings to find a way to get their first win of the season. Charles, in terms of your mindset, are you going to stick with the Vikings like Mike? Or are you going in a different direction? 
can Falcons finally get over the hill and get it done this weekend? You know, I'm going to stick with the Vikings. It is uh, very interesting. This first uh, game, this loss to Catawba, uh, tough loss. Uh, but you take a look at the, the turnovers in that game, four interceptions in that game. Uh, they lost to Catawba 31 to 23. You take out the uh, turnovers and maybe uh, things could turn out a little bit different. Freshman quarterback starting for Elizabeth City, uh, four interceptions in his first outing. So uh, tough, tough opener. But you take a look at this matchup. With St. Aug, they won five out of the last six in terms of playing St. Augustine. So I'm going to go with the home team and this one go with Elizabeth City. With that being said, we're going to switch over since y'all both talking about Elizabeth City will get their first victory of the season. We're going to go into the independent non-conference mid-major division game of the week. We're going to show some love. You don't hear us talking much about this team, which I don't know. <laughs> that's all our fault. I mean, I have <laughs> at the bottom in terms of mid-major programs, mm. so loaded to number 27. But it is Lincoln, Missouri Tigers. They switch conferences, uh, independent program, if you would, but they're playing now in the MIAA, a little more conference that maybe they can uh, change their luck in terms of what they've had in the past year's conference play. And they're at home. This is in Jefferson City, Missouri, the White T. Reed Stadium, 6 o'clock even. Kickoff under the lights, September 9th, mm. as you know. Missouri Western Griffins come and visit. They're 0-1, uh, and they face Lincoln, Missouri Tigers that had a tougher last week as 0-1 on the season. Charles, starting with you, what are your matchups in terms of Lincoln, Missouri, the Tigers up there? It used to be a proud program. Uh, they moved from NIA Division II, been there for a while, switched conferences. Mm -hmm. They have a little better stead. Can they get a victory this week? Uh, can they get a victory? Uh, I think it's possible they can get a victory. Uh, one of the interesting things that I take a look at with Lincoln uh, coming into this game, uh, stat that jumped out at me, they rushed for uh, 237 yards in their opener. Uh, big loss. Uh, things kind of got away from them there in the second quarter, but uh, they were right there in control of the game in the first half until it uh, looks like uh, things kind of went sideways there toward the end of the first half. But, again, team that rushed for 237 yards, Xavier Vaughn, he rushed for 124 yards. And then you had LaMarcus Yates and DeJuan Lomax that added 64 and 50 uh, in, in that game. So a team that's rushing for 6.4 yards per carry, I kind of like that. It means they're you know, blocking up front a little bit there. So they get a little bit of defense, they can pull off the win. You're right. They can run the rock and pull up some defense. They can get it done. Mike, what direction are you going in terms of this uh, conference matchup between HBCU and the historically white college? Missouri Western Griffins and the Lincoln Missouri Tigers. Uh, remind me, did did Missouri Western win their first game? No, they owed one as well. They're owing one. And does anybody know how many how many yards they had? <laughs> because it wasn't it wasn't a lot. <laughs> they struggled. <laughs> so my my point is, they struggled against Central Missouri. So I mean, if if you look at their offense, I mean they they struggled. I think they struggled to put up oh, maybe 150 yards or so. Um, they did. They were able to score. Uh, there was a lot of turnovers, as, as as CB mentioned with the other game. But I got a I, I got a funny feeling and a sneaky suspicion on this one. I got a feeling that um, come on, that Lincoln, <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> For those come of you that know Pastor, I got a funny feeling and a sneaky <laughs> suspicion that Lincoln did have a strong running game. I didn't see much defense from the Missouri Western uh, results that I took a look at last night and in in this morning. So my funny feeling and sneaky suspicion says Lincoln will pull this one out. I love yeah. it. I love little little Wheeler it. Avenue. Little Wheeler Avenue in the, in the lab. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> Go ahead, Pastor Cosby. <laughs> Go ahead, Pastor Cosby. <laughs> oh, good stuff. Good stuff. Along with that silent Edward McMorris, he must like the intro song. He said, PV didn't suffer a loss, so I won't be quiet as a mouse this weekend. <laughs> 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 I love it. I love it. Lab. Listen, give it to it. Let's get in there. Great. Dialogue, great conversation. We're going to get into break number three. We'll come back on the other side, and it's time for the major division. We'll see what they say about the major division uh, in our poll rankings in week number one. Stick with us. We'll be right back after this third break.
2002, Empowerment Resources, Inc., a nonprofit organization, has empowered more than 1,500 youth and adults in Duval and surrounding counties. Through its programs, Journey into Womanhood, Girls Mentoring, Life Skills for Teens, and Parenting Education Coaching. To get involved with programs, volunteer, or donate, visit www.empowermentresourcesinc.org. Follow us on social media, facebook.com forward slash empowerment.resources and instagram.com forward slash empowermentjax. Charmin Ultra Soft has so much cushiony softness, it's hard for your family to remember. They can use less. Sweet pillows of softness. This is soft. Holy Charmin. Oh, excuse me. Roll it back, everybody. Sorry. Charmin Ultra Soft is so cushiony soft, you'll want more. But it's so absorbent, you can use less. So it's always worth it. Now, what did we learn about using less? You gotta roll it back, everybody. <laughs> we all go. Why not enjoy the go with Charmin? At CDW, we get speed as the new currency of success. Our team spends way too much time tending to outdated applications and software when they should be focused on driving application agility and innovation. CDW Amplify Development Services modernizes software and application development to help accelerate innovation and digital transformation. So you mean building new applications, UI, and mobile interfaces? Well, you said you needed to innovate more quickly. Oh, so he's a listener. To do more at scale, trust CDW Amplify Development Services. Press the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. and who the ball, who the ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Dr. Bill inside the HBC Sports Lab. We're back with Professor Bishop, Professor Washington. Shout out as Brandon King says, "What's up, Dean and Prop and the HBC family?" I'm a little late this week. I can't say too much this week after Saturday. Hey, man, it was no Japan. It wasn't about the game. It's, we got, got to see well, touchdowns. The game that you need to be worried about is them golden lines. You mm. can't get it done in this Southern mm. Heritage Classic. Mm. And um, the lines look like they got a little offense. They can run the ball solid on defense. We'll see. Uh, don't sleep on them. We'll see what it All looks right. like this week. But we'll, let's get in this top seven and see how things are changing. Let's talk about those teams that dropped out. Dropping out of the top seven this week, going into the preseason, these are teams that didn't get it done this past weekend. Some of it was scheduling. Some of it just didn't get it done. Dropping out. We had four teams that fell out of the top seven. Didn't do much in preseason. We'll see if it changed over the season. But uh, my educated analytics and guests were not quite on in week one. All one State Braves fall out. After a tough loss, Howard Bison fall out. They were game ready, but they lost. Alabama and the Bulldogs, they're playing another one of those power five teams out of the SEC. Vanderbilt mm-hmm. held their own early, but it got away from them. Then you have the Southern Jaguars. They had a SWAC non conference matchup on the road. Mm-hmm. Um, played great defense, but not so much on the offensive side. Big matchup this weekend. We'll talk about that a little later, but. Southern Jaguars lost. Meaning we get into the top seven. Let's see what's going on in the top seven, starting with none other than number seven drum roll, the Jackson State Tigers. One and one on season 0 and 1, 157 points that dropped from previous being ranked four. After a big win in week zero, they had a conference matchup and fan rattlers finally got over the hill, which means Jackson State uh, will not continue to have those conference wins that were adding up over two years, they were undefeated. And somebody finally said, all right, Tigers, not so fast. Mm. At number six, Hampton Pirates, 1-0, 166 points. They took out some Tigers themselves, but there was the Grand State Tigers. They were not ranked last week, but they vaulted into the top seven at number six. Kudos to the Pirates. Bringing us to number five, Alabama State Hornets, 1-0, 185 points. They were not ranked. We talked about Southern dropping out. Well, the team that Southern lost to was none other than this Alabama State Hornets team. Uh, they were able to play significant defense and it looked like they didn't uh, drop off any from last year. Offense, they had two big touchdowns and was enough to get them the victory. Bringing us to number four, Prairie A&M Panthers, 1-0, also 1-0 in the conference race as they get a win over Labor Day Classic comeback. They were down 34-17 in the fourth. 
Charles made a couple of calls and did what he had to do. Going <laughs> to touchdown at the end of the game, uh, getting it done in overtime. As they kicked the game-winning field goal in overtime, just set the season up right, send the Tigers home for their ninth straight loss to the Panthers. Everybody right now has the magic stick. With that being said, let's get to number three, top three program. Morgan State Bears, 1-0. Probably had one of yeah. the most impressive wins this week. Not yeah. just because it was historic white college. I know some of y'all get hung up over that. But this team was ranked top 25. Yeah. Uh, in terms of FCS rankings, uh, they go on the road against Richmond, win, and get it done, 204 points. They were not ranked. These four teams were not ranked. We just talked about but they jumped into the ranking. Everybody said, quietly, watch out for Morgan State. Some people were saying, that's some question mark quarterback play. Uh, defense uh, under Antoine Sue, formerly a Prairie View. I know he's a Bulldog State Bulldog, but we claim him. He brought us a championship defensive back coach. Uh, and has run them up with coach down there getting it done. Bowie State looks like he's they're up to their old ways at Morgan State as they rebuilding this program. Second year, impressive win. Bring us number two, Florida and the Rattlers. Coach Simmons said, Enough is enough. They get it done one and all. Oh, play. they were ranked number two, two 220 points. They stay there. Bring us to number one, North Carolina Central Eagles. I got corrected. Uh, but Stephen Gaither, Gaither said they are not old school. They are not the little brothers of North Carolina Central. All I will say is they took them to the woodshed. Let's put it that way. One and oh, 11 first place bonks, 231 points, number one ranking. North Carolina Central plays another rivalry. This time they're on equal footing, FCS program. We'll talk about that as well, but that's what we have this week. Let me say this. Those teams receiving votes, though, with Howard Bison. Uh, 0-1, but they had a good matchup, 148 points. Alcorn State Braves, also 0-1. Uh, they stay in the mix. And Texas Southern Tigers with that close overtime loss, they stay in the shouting distance as they have 131 points looking on the outside, looking in. I started with you, Mike, last time. I'm going to go to you, Charles. What are your thoughts? Uh, first and foremost, kudos to Florida a and uh, They knocked off Jackson State, knocked off 19-game swag winning streak, and they did it in him. They knocked very, off the bullies, Charles. Yeah, Jackson State very, was the bullies of the swag. Very much, very much in impressive fashion. Can't say enough about Willie Simmons. Uh, they pounded Jackson State from the jump, and just as we talked about Jackson State pounding South Carolina State along the line of scrimmage in week zero, bam, you turn around and did it to them. So you take your hat off to them. Uh, they got a, a win that they needed to get over this Jackson State hump. And I think, more importantly, the fan base needed that win over Jackson State. So you take your hat off to them. Uh, Hampton, very impressive. They're swag killers. I don't know when the last time Hampton has, has lost to a swag team. So, you know, uh, they probably, you know, as they get in the conference play, reality sets in. But um, right now, you know, <laughs> you know, it, it, it <laughs> they, they take the swag to the woodshed. So, uh, impressive win by Hampton over Bremen. Uh, and, you know, you can't say enough about North Carolina Central. I mentioned this Sunday. Uh, good teams do dominant things, uh, and and they did it this past weekend in terms of what they were able to do. So I'm looking forward to this Central and A&T matchup this upcoming weekend. When you talk about Hampton, they like to take the MEAC to the woodshed as well. Um, they just uh, get it done against HBC programs. It's like they stick out their chest. Yeah. And uh, conference play is different, something else. But you got a couple of more MEAC this weekend, and that's going to be against the uh, Coastal as well, formerly known as the Colonial. So we'll see what that means. You did get the victory by Richmond, I mean by Morgan State over Richmond, so that's a good way to start the Coastal. We'll see what that means as we got that at some big matchups as well. But let me turn it over to Mike and see what he has to say uh, as I purposely uh, pushed him to the backside since he wasn't too nice to me on the mid-major. Let's see if he can be more kind at this time before I take the mic. Well, actually, I, I you know what? I can't say anything about this. It's 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 pretty good in week one. Go you know, <laughs> but but do you know why? <laughs> uh, I because at first I said hmm, North Carolina Central, you know, to me the most impre- impressive win was Morgan State uh over Rich- not because they're PW, because they're ranked. 
To me, that mm -hmm. was a more impressive win. But when you're central, you're big daddy at the top of the hill. You move to number 18 in the F. So uh, no no issues with there. And and for that uh, fan you, what's that? What's that off my shoulder? What's that off my back? That monkey. That yeah. monkey is That's true. Finally. So no issues with this poll whatsoever. A lot of press. The other one I would say is Alabama State. I know you don't like this, Doc. But, man, I saw that game. You talking about the eye, the eye test? I Ooh. know you don't like that term. Ooh. I, I know you saw it too, CB. That defense for Alabama State, woo. Can, woo. They, get in, can they get in the offense? That's the question. That's, That's right. The That's question. the only question. So, they travel so, yeah, to Tallahassee in a couple of weeks. We going to yeah. see. Yeah. <laughs> right. We going to see. And we yeah. going to see. We going to see. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so we don't see as they say around these parts. Woo. And, and uh, Mike is just dropping these gems here and there as you talk about uh, <laughs> all these different uh, framings that he's bringing to the table. Some people listen to them, but I got you. I got you. It's a little black and gold, though. Uh, with that being said, <laughs> let's get let's let's. Let's get into our last break and come back on the other side and talk about some of these major division matchups. I'm glad that y'all appreciated my rankings this week. But we're going to come back on the other side in terms of our fourth break. We'll come back uh, with you and talk about some of these major division matchups. Nope. Nope. Come on, him. Ooh, I like him. The Quicker Picker Upper. Bounty picks up messes quicker, and each sheet is two times more absorbent, so you can use less. He's an eight. He's a nine. Bounty, the Quicker Picker Upper. That's a pretty tight spot. Watch this. Of course your view parks itself. That's so you. It's just up here on the right. Of course you know where we're going. That's so you. Kinda got a sixth sense. And a head up display. They're here. Hit the field. Warm up. You brought all these players in your Buick? Yeah. So you. It is. There's a Buick that fits your life. Because at the heart of every Buick SUV is you. If you think all pads are exactly the same, think again. This is always Ultra Thins reinvented with the always triple protection system. This pad wicks gushes 90% faster. Absorbs even more so you can feel dry. And locks odors in. Rethink your pad for up to 100% leak-free and odor-free comfort with the totally reinvented Always Ultra Thins. This is always like never before. Are you hungry for authentic Caribbean food? Like jerk, chicken, oxtail, red snapper, shrimp, tofu, and rasta pasta? Well, find your way over to Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Pika in downtown Atlanta. Full, but we Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, open daily from 11 a.m. to 10 p.m. And on Friday and Saturday, we're open till 4 a.m. Come to Mango's and put some spice in your life. Oh, we've got a Mango's Caribbean Restaurant, 180 Auburn Avenue, right next to Royal Peacock. In downtown Atlanta. For more info or directions, call 404-698-3992. Or log on to mangoscaribbeanrestaurant.com. For instant coupons, text M-A-N-G-O-S to 313131. Mango's Caribbean Restaurant. Authentic Caribbean cuisine. Compress the analytic data with your hip hop. If you know them like I know them, they gon' tell you if your team, if they wanna love yeah. And who the ball, ball. So listen to Professor Yes Sir and pay attention because he gon' teach a lesson. This is Doctor Wills inside the HBCU Sports Lab with Mike Washington, Charles Bishop. Want to get into some of the major division uh, games of the week, starting with this classic independent programs. Let's start with the classic matchup. It's Memphis, Tennessee, Simmons Bank, Liberty Stadium, better known as the Southern Heritage Classic. Jackson State is out. Pine Bluff is in. This is a SWAC versus now the combined Big South Conference OVC featuring Tennessee State. Saturday, September 9th, 
6 p.m. It's on HBCU Go. Uh, fascinating matchup. If we extrapolated the rankings, this would be 14 versus number 17, top 20 matchup. If you would look at it that way. Number 14, Arkansas Pine Bluff comes in at 0-1. Number 17, Tennessee State Tigers also come in at 0-1. So somebody is getting on the winning side of the ledger after this matchup. Should be fascinating when you talk about those Golden Lions. Um, Mike, what are your thoughts in terms of this matchup here? Well, on paper, you look at how they performed in week one. You look at Arkansas Pine Bluff. I think Makai, uh, what's the quarterback now? I'm sorry, my mind went blank. But uh, the quarterback from UAPB, Makai Higgins, he had, what, 100 yards, give or take, passing. I, you really don't know what he can do. So, and then you look at, on the other side, um, you look at the quarterback for Tennessee State. And you look at what, you know, what he what he was or what able to do. But again, that's against Notre Dame. You know, they played two quarterbacks. So you look at you don't know really about the quarterback play. I'm going to give the edge here to Tennessee State because they played. They had a tougher schedule the first time they had. They do have a good rushing attack with uh, with uh, Jalen Rouse and, and, and Jordan Gant. But you don't know what they can do because they didn't really perform well in that first game. So, but I'll give the edge to Tennessee state in this one, just for the fact that I don't know what the heck Pine Bluff can do. <laughs> mm. uh, they, they got some hey, new pieces. You're not so. showing any love to your uncle Steve, man, man. No, I tell you. Big Earl, and he's like, well, you know, dude, what about, what about UAPB? What about UAPB? <laughs> <laughs> Charles, man, let me go over to you. Last time uh, Arkansas Pine Bluff played Tennessee State, they went yeah. in the Nashville and put yeah. that L on them. Yeah, yeah. They went in, went in the Nashville and dropped that L on them. But I think this is a different Tennessee State team uh, from, from going back to that, what was that, two, three years ago uh, now? Yep. I, I think this Tennessee State team, yeah, and I think uh, Eddie George has really uh, made this team a little bit more physical. Uh, I really took notice of them last year when they played Jackson State. That, that game was uh, a hard-fought win for Jackson State, but they didn't secure it until late in the fourth quarter. And from a physicality stand, uh, standpoint, uh, they really matched up well with Jackson State. So uh, you kind of take that into account in terms of uh, this uh, Tennessee State team going against another swag team. So I'm really looking at the line play in this game, uh, but I like Jalen Rouse. I, I like what Tennessee State is able to do on the ground. I think Tennessee State will get together. Before we get into this next matchup, let me stick with you a little bit. I want to just get your thoughts on the Southern Heritage Classic. Uh, a lot of change here. I mean, you're used to getting hype the second weekend, a rivalry game between these programs that goes back many years and many different ways. Coach Poaching was going on when you really look back in the history books. Um, and just in your thoughts of that, if it had to be another team, do you like this matchup in terms of regionality with Pine from Tennessee State? Yeah, from a regionality standpoint, yeah. I mean, I think another team – uh, that, you know, fits the bill, uh, at least would have been Alabama a and uh, in terms of their proximity uh, to uh, Tennessee State, Nashville, and then, you know, uh, and Memphis as well. Uh, but uh, it's a recruiting hotbed, Memphis. So uh, you, you've got a, a lot of eyes that will be on both teams in this game. But, yeah, I, I'll be honest, it, it is different. It is, it's different. You're used to that Tennessee State matchup, and there are so – Many Tennessee State grads, uh, uh, especially old head Tennessee State grads in, in Jackson, uh, who really left and went with Big John Merritt uh, there in the early mid '60s. A lot of uh, of of individuals in Mississippi that he took with him up there to Tennessee. So you kind of miss all that. You miss the the history of Jackson State, Tennessee State. Good points. It's interesting you bring Alabama A and M because on the hardwood, at least for the men's program, they had a series and they playing back and forth. Um, so intriguing in that perspective um certainly would love to see a home home for tennessee state and alabama a&m i'm not sure that tennessee state uh, had, had in a lot of ways like to see a&m in terms of john Merrick classic i think a&m uh is not willing to go up there that time of the year so be interesting mm -hmm. to see if they can get that game back matched up you know alabama state may be intriguing a little bit of old history in that framework but with that being said, I want to ask you as well, Mike, what are your thoughts in terms of just this new version of the Southern Heritage Classic? I don't know. I'm used to seeing, I, I, to me, uh, 
I don't know, a prettier baby on the shelf, so to speak, without, mm. you know, saying to where you used to seeing different types of matchups. This new matchup is, is to be honest, it's it's not as illustrious, it's not as as commandeering as matchups of the past that you've seen. So I think to be honest, quite honestly, I think it's lost some of its luster in in its newer form. Hmm. Do you think they can build on that uh, if they play this matchup a couple times? I know it's just a two-year contract at this time. Uh, you think they play over if they extend the contract? Yeah, it depends. It depends a lot. It depends. On, a lot of it is built on the matchups. And even if you take UAPB, a team like UAPB, which was really good in the last year, you got to what you know. Do they travel? Do they market well? So I, I think it depends on the teams and and the mix of teams that you put together. It doesn't have to be the same two teams, but you know I think you have to look at the competition that you're bringing into Nashville or bringing into wherever, and say is this the best matchup to draw fans from the region or outside the region? And I think you don't have that case. I think you can build upon it though, without question. Charles, did you want to follow up on that? I saw well, you. Yeah, I mean. It's just really interesting. I, I have a lot of friends in the Memphis area, and uh, they they do they lament the loss of, of of Jackson State, Tennessee State, because it was a huge showcase uh, uh, for uh, both school brands. And uh, uh, he said, you know, Southern Heritage Classic is the reason he's at Jackson State. So uh, I think you know, just from a a cultural impact within Memphis, uh, you lost something definitely. I'm, I'm not sure. Uh, you regain it in, in, in two years with the matchup of Tennessee State and UAPB because it, it just doesn't have that same je ne sais quoi, if you will, as Tennessee State and Jackson State. Nope. Oh, he went to the SAT words. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> this begs for me a follow-up question. Je ne sais quoi. SAT words and everything. He, he went to one of them little old five dollars, dollar words. <laughs> yeah, you see him do that? See him do that on us, all right, big man. On, on what about a home and home series with uh, Jackson State, Tennessee State? Obviously, oh, that, the new stadium is going up in Nashville. Yeah. Um, currently, they can play in the current stadium uh, if they do it uh, a couple years down the road. And then we know what Jackson State has in terms of their home stadium. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts in terms of the the you know kind of mending the fences and maybe seeing this game getting back together because? The relationship was not necessarily strained between Tennessee State and Jackson State. It was more with the promoter of the yeah. classic of Southern Heritage Classic. Obviously, there was some feelings uh, to some degree maybe with T- Tennessee State's president. Uh, but uh, going back to Tennessee, happened to be in Nashville, maybe that will change some things uh, in the incoming for Jackson State. What do you think about that? What do you think the fans would say about that, Charles? I think the fans would love it. I mean, it's a historical matchup. And, uh, you know, to put it in context, uh, it's like losing Texas, playing Texas A&M. Uh, you yeah. know, there's something lost, when you know, in that regard. So I'm sure those fan bases are going to love seeing each other again because it's such a historical robbery and there are so many ties between uh, Jackson, Mississippi and Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, current president Glenda Glover, I always left. She was my dean at Jackson State uh, before she left going to Tennessee State. So you have all these ties between the two schools. A lot of people uh, from Jackson that have gone to Tennessee State would love to see that matchup again. And both fan bases, tremendous fan bases, uh, you would love to see. The other thing is, if you allow me, UAPB, you know, I've been, I've been to Memphis at least eight times this year. And people forget how close Memphis is to that border. Yeah, and you know, bring if you if you bring a team from Arkansas, like, Arkansas like UAPB, there's no relationship like you have with Jackson State there. I, I'm mm. just it's hard to replace that. You can't supplant that. Um, UAB is good, but Jackson State bringing up Jackson State, there's more of a tie, more of an identity, more of a culture, cultural identity with folks, you know, from Memphis and to Jackson State. Than there is, you know, to you bringing UAPB over. So. Well, what what's this tie-in I'm finna do? This next matchup is an independent matchup, and it features North Carolina A&T, which is the other independent program. Let's go to the other direction. What are your thoughts, Mike, on a matchup, not necessarily Memphis, maybe a home and away between North Carolina A&T and Tennessee State? 
two of the three independent programs. Would you have an interest in seeing that? Home and away. And, yeah, I think you could pull that off home and away. I think you could. Just because of the brand identity yeah. outside of their, their regional area. That's that's different. Yeah, Charles, I, since I said Mike play AD and he wants to bring out brand identity, he's going to match you in terms <laughs> Not SAT words, but he's gonna match you with his professor words in terms of sport matchup. What he are your my... thoughts in terms of AT Tennessee State matchup? Yeah, he took my brand identity word. I, that, that was exactly what I was thinking. I mean, when you <laughs> when you take a look at the brand that is North Carolina AT uh and the brand that is Tennessee State to see these two match up uh in any sport, whether you're talking football or basketball, uh that definitely, especially with the fan bases, it has to draw some interest. Good stuff, good stuff. Comments here. Belinda Johnson says the matchup will pick up. UAPB has a new coach, and he appears to be very energetic, no doubt. Yes. The showcase of the two very good teams will be good for Memphis. Uh, good comment there. Brandon King, yeah. Tennessee State alumni, jumps in here as well and says that home and home is definitely something I would like to see. These are two teams that need to continue to play one another. So he's talking about the Jackson State-Tennessee State matchup. Edwin D. Moore comes in here and says Memphis is the city that should be Mississippi bordering Tennessee and Arkansas. Interesting thoughts in terms of that matchup. Let's turn the page and get into the independent matchup. This one is interesting because it's a rival between yeah. in-state programs. You got a number one ranked team. Uh, uh, we had comments talking about the number one team coming to Greensboro. Uh, earlier in the comments section. So that's fascinating to see people are looking at the rankings there. Uh, some marketing can be going on. You have an East Greensboro, North Carolina, Truist Stadium, MEAC versus the Coastal, formerly known as the Colonial Athletic Association, Saturday, September the 9th, 6 p.m. This is on Flow Sports, so you have to pay uh, to watch it on streaming. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I might have to give it up, see if I can get my hands on it, because this is going to be a great matchup to see. Again, this is number one. Number one team, HBCU Major Division, is going into Greensboro, North Carolina, to face their rival. If we looked at the total rankings, I would have North Carolina in team number 15. So North Carolina Central comes in 1-0 after defeating Winston-Salem State. North Carolina A&T Aggies lost their opener on the road. Um, Charles, what do you say about North Carolina Central, North Carolina A&T? Can there be an upset here? Or is North Carolina Central continue to hold on to the number one rank? All 11 guys will be in the box in this for North Carolina Central because you have to prove it to me, pass. Uh, that was one thing I did not see from North Carolina A&T against UAB. Uh, 16 yards ain't going to get it done. Uh, and you talk about a dynamic North Carolina Central team. Everybody <laughs> is going to be at the line. And, and you need to probably have some fans on the line, too, because you're going to have to prove it to me passing the ball. I, I got I to gotta see you throw the ball downfield a little bit for me to really go with the Aggies on this one. I'm going to take the Eagles. I think the Eagles are, are that good. He said there'll be 11 folks plus the referees all on the line. <laughs> <laughs> There's no threat of the pass. Mike, yeah, yeah. you got something to add to for me? You, you know, is there any more reason for me to get a little more excited about the Aggies? First, first, first of all, this this should have been the weekly bonus game. On the roll. This, <laughs> this should have been the weekly bonus game. Uh, serious, I'll pay to see this. But you know what? I'm with CB all the way. It's North Carolina Central. You know why? Davis Richard. 15 and 22, 240 yards. You know why? Latrell Collier. Had a pass, rushing touchdown and a receiving touchdown. You know what? Quint McCall. He had two receptions. One. You know why? Because A and T they got what a buck fifty total offense. That was it. Sixteen yards passing. You but know I why? Say this. <laughs> <laughs> you can, maybe you could throw it out because of the rivalry. But okay. ain't that much throwing? Ain't that much throwing out? I'm okay. sorry. You maybe you can throw some of that out with the rivalry because it is a rivalry. But mm -hmm. I'm telling you. Them boys from Central will be ready. They have the defense. They certainly have the offense. Let's see. I I don't know what A and T can do. Uh, Beck Handler is that is Brick Handler? I think that's the 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 quarterback for A and T. 
I gotta see what he can do. He's gonna have to show us something. I tell you what, like I said, with with Jackson State and FAMU, this week Central steps up in weight class. That's 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 a rivalry game. So anything can happen, but you gotta show me something in the passing game. I was really disappointed. Yes. Man, what is Mike talking about? This is I said this HBCU independent non-conference division game of the week. No, but you the next one you had game of the week bonus. This one is the ball game of the week bonus. How <laughs> <laughs> about the bonus matchup? One thing I'm fascinated when you look at this matchup is um as you said, number one ranked team on the road. This is what it's about in terms of getting excited for a matchup. Rivalry teams are no longer in the conference, so you get it early in the season. David Davis, Rich, he gets a chance to really uh, make a statement in terms of what this looks at here. And then the MIAC, the MIAC gets has a chance to go 2-0 and against the Coastal early in the season. Colonial is fascinating. Yep. I think Ooh. there's about five matchup games this year. Some people have it going 2-2, uh, two and two, and they had a couple of swing games. But I think a lot of folks probably had Morgan State's Richmond game as a loss. So fascinating, yeah. fascinating to see. Can the MIAC? Two punches weight. They took it to the chin last weekend, obviously, with the losses of CIAA, but that Morgan State win really saved them in a lot of different ways. Now they get a chance to make another statement against the Coastal. You're going to have some of those Hampton matchups, Norfolk State uh, game we'll talk about in terms of a bonus. MEAC game is another one that you want to watch out in terms of the Coastal uh, framework. So I'm intrigued about what that looks like, and we'll talk a little more about that on Thursday in terms of some of our conference uh, key games between the CIAA, SIAC, MEAC, and SWAC. We'll do that on Thursday along with some other uh, dialogue in terms of the band rankings are coming out. The band rankings are coming out. This year we'll debate, debut. We'll do a mid-major band ranking marching sport in a major division band ranking sport. We'll do the top seven just like we do football instead of an overall top ten. So, Charles, I see you looking up and you might be a little excited about we're splitting things up. We wanted to make sure the <laughs> mid-major division marching sports get a chance to show some more love. It hit me It hit me yesterday. The Sonic Boom has gone up against the Marching 101, the Marching yep. 100, and then they got the Human Jukebox this weekend. <laughs> talk about it. <laughs> you talk about a, a murderer's row, if you will, to start the season off. Yeah. You know, if they hold that weight between the yeah, all three yeah, of those. Yeah. <laughs> Yep, and that's that's nice. You talk about what they had to do football, but you talk about on the band side, the marching sport, they had to make a statement. Yeah. Um, and we'll get some rankings. Obviously, they were one of the top teams coming into the preseason. As you'd imagine, they won it last year, so the defending champions in terms of the marching sport. It'll be interesting to see uh, how they come out in week one after they have two contests. Unlike many teams that are not able to do week zero, the marching sports has some of these band competitions. You have the one national uh, battle of the bands here in Houston, but you also have one that replaced the battle bands in Charlotte where uh, the national battle moved from Charlotte to uh, Houston. They actually do a battle, and in that battle, they do a lot of the mid-major programs. Mm. Uh, and so there's some conversations there. There was a preseason HBC marching sport band ranking. Um, so we'll get that in, in terms of what that looks like, give you some where we go from there. And then obviously it's another chance as remember now we have the end of the season championship that will be Friday of the celebration bowl. So we'll kind of do our rankings. That rankings will start coming out late in the season, but we'll see what we look like in terms of marching sport versus what the other band ranking is. And remember in the marching sport, we talk about head to head matchups. We rank teams in terms of wins and losses. When they match up against the team, you can't just get out there and do a fan poll. You can't get out there on your own self and do and get graded based on how you do. We need a marching sport. When they match up against each other, there's a winner and a loser. You got one winner with the football game. You got one winner in terms of marching sport. It's really nice when you take home two trophies, but that's not always the case, and that's what we look at for marching sport. Thank you for listening to Inside the HBCU Sports Lab, make sure you share our podcast with your friends and colleagues. I am Dr. Yadda Kabil, the Dean of HBCU Sports, coming inside the lab in the College of HBCU Sports with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop. Again, we want to thank you for listening to Dr. Bill's Inside the HBCU Sports Lab. 
with Mike Washington and Charles Bishop every Tuesday and Thursday right here at 6 o'clock. So look for us on Thursday as we break down and take you inside some other uh, games of the week and we look at the poll rankings for the marching sport. Follow me, Dr. Kenyatta Cavill. That's D-R-K-N-Y-A-T-T-A-C-A-V-I-L on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Inside the HBC Sports Lab 1 on Twitter. Facebook and YouTube is Inside the HBC Sports Lab. Dream big. Continue to move forward. We will talk with you soon. Charles? Horse! Mike? Lecture! Dismissed. Edward Moore, I'm not checking.